Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Let me ask you this morning, do you believe him enough in your life? to walk into the unknown, to allow your life to be so turned and changed, perhaps shaken up, but trusting Him that if I put my hands totally in His care, it might not be easy, it may be very uncomfortable for a long time, but I know He is God and I trust myself into His care. Are you willing to go forward without all the answers in your life? That's a very challenging question that Pastor David just posed. Walking into the unknown is one of the things we probably fear the most. Maybe God is calling you into the ministry. Maybe He's asking you to move across the country. Today, as Pastor David teaches through the Gospel of Luke, we'll learn more about what it means to walk by faith. And as the scriptures say, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, According to Your Word. Today, you and I, we look and we say, yes, Jesus is our King. Jesus is our Lord. But you need to also realize that He's not just our Lord. The time is coming when all of creation will understand that He has been King all along. He has been Lord all along. The Word says that all of creation will bow before Him. And the Word says, and of His kingdom, there'll be no end. As Gabriel speaks to Mary, and he tells Mary, behold, you'll conceive in your womb. Even with everything else that Gabriel said, I believe that Mary remains stuck on this part. Even with the declaration of the fulfillment of all of these prophecies, Mary is still back at the beginning of this statement. And why shouldn't she be? Of all the miracles and all the fulfillment of prophecy that God's going to work through the Messiah, the first one, and for Mary, the big one, the first one deals directly with her. You notice she didn't ask any questions about the fulfillment of the prophecies. She didn't ask any question about being son of, son of God, about being uh, uh, the, the throne of his father, David. She didn't ask any questions about that. The very first question she asked after Gabriel makes all these announcements, in verse 34 we read, Then Mary said to the angel, Well, how can this be, since I do not know a man? She had not had intimate physical relations with Joseph or anyone at this point. Well, first of all, we also need to understand the difference of how she responds to Gabriel and how Zacharias responded to Gabriel. 
Remember last week we looked at Zacharias' response to Gabriel's announcement. Zacharias, you're going to have a child. And what was Zacharias' Hey, you know what? I'm old. My wife is well advanced in years. He wasn't just wondering how it was going to happen. He actually asked for a sign. It was a hard thing for him to believe the message of that angel, even though the angel was standing right in front of him. So in his doubt, he asked the angel for a sign. He said, how shall I know this? And so after Gabriel explained very carefully who he was, by the way, I am Gabriel. I stand right at the throne. I've been sent here to give you the message. But because you doubt, he made him mute until the time that the child was born. But here Mary isn't eating. She's not doubting the message. She's simply wondering how this was going to happen. How can this happen? There's a vast difference in our lives between wanting proof that God is able to do something versus simply wondering how God would do something. In your life and mine, when we read in the Word and we think, yeah, but well, I don't think God can do that in my life. Or we hear the testimonies of another and we say, oh, that's great for you, but I don't believe that God's going to do that in my That comes from the attitude, the, the actions, and perhaps even the words of ones that would say something, I don't believe that God is able to fix this one. Prove it. Or make statements, whether it be verbal or at least thinking through it in our minds. I don't believe that God can change this for the good. Show me. Or to perhaps ponder the thought, there's no way we're going to be able to, and then you fill in the blank. You see, those are words, those are thoughts, those are attitudes of doubt. They're not positions of faith. They're attitudes of doubt. Whereas the heart and the mind of Mary is the attitude or the actions or the words that would come out, Lord, how will you do this? Oh, I believe you're going to do it. But Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it. You're going to work this in my life? That's awesome, God. How is that going to work? Lord, what's my place in all of this? Lord, you're, you're calling me to this situation or this thing happened to me. My life is suddenly in absolute turmoil. So Lord, what is my place now in this? I know you're still in control. So what do you want me to do in this situation? It's the heart, it's the attitude, it's the mindset that says, I don't understand this, but I'll continue to move forward in faith in you, God, because I know that you are in charge. You know, God didn't have to respond to her desire of how. He didn't have to respond in any way. And more often than not, our lives never get to see the how. God does something in our lives until we're able to look back in retrospect. It might be two or three years down the road and we look back and say, wow, that's how that happened. Or even that's why that happened. But more often than not, right now as we're going through stuff, we have absolutely no clue why God is allowing this in our lives, what God is going to do with it. We just simply have to trust him. And beloved, you need to understand too that there's a lot of times we'll never get that answer this side of glory. 
We may go our entire lives, wonder why this happened to me or to my family member, why this happened, why this situation took place, what's going on at this particular arena of events. We may never know this side of glory. That's why we need to be those kind of people who are willing to trust him. We need to recognize that there's gonna be things in our lives that'll never make sense but are you willing to trust him? For Mary, Gabriel gave at least a portion of the answer. He didn't go into detail, and so neither will we, nor should we. Gabriel told Mary in verse 35, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of of God. Beloved, this is going to be a supernatural work of God. It's not going to be the intervention of man in any way, shape, or form. And no, I don't believe that God came down and in some form had relations with Mary. No, I don't believe that at all. I believe that this was the very same creative power that God used when he spoke the worlds into existence. You don't believe that God's more than able to create life, that's what God does. God is the creator of life. Now, when did it happen? Well, we don't know. Maybe it happened right then. Maybe it happened later that day or that evening. We, we don't know when it happened, but we do believe that it happened very soon. And here's one other really cool thing. Mary didn't ask for a sign. How will this happen? Give me a sign. No, she didn't ask. She just asked the question. She didn't ask for a sign, but God's going to give her one anyway. And I love that about God. I love the way that he works in times that we don't even anticipate. In verse 36, the angel still speaking to Mary says, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relation has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Undoubtedly, Mary had heard about the plight of, uh, of Zacharias and Elizabeth. She was a close relative, perhaps a cousin of some sort. We don't know for sure. But Mary knew well enough that she was an older relation. Mary undoubtedly knew that she had been barren, had not had a child. So when Gabriel gives her that news, I think that for Mary, who had faith, it was just an additional faith builder for her. She knew that Elizabeth was well advanced in years. She knew that she was without child. And now the angel tells her that Elizabeth and Zacharias's world has already been changed. There's been another supernatural work of God. Gabriel shares that with her. And then he tops it off with this declaration. Again, if you underline your Bible, if you circle it, if you highlight it, the last portion of that word, for with God, nothing will be impossible. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Can you repeat that portion for me? For with God, nothing will be impossible. Now, would you say it like you mean it, okay? For with God, nothing will be impossible. Now, that's great that we can say that, 
The problem is, is too many times, it doesn't make it the extra 18 inches down into our heart. So that when we hit a situation in our life, and if you haven't hit one yet in your Christian walk, you must be a baby Christian because it will happen, okay? When we hit a situation in our life, that we can fall back on that truth. You know what? With God, nothing will be impossible. I can trust God in every aspect and in every situation of my life. Oh, but pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You know what? I may not, but I do know God, and I can trust God that with God, nothing will be impossible. He is God. And as we've looked through Luke, as we've begun this, and even as we've spoken on Wednesday nights in dealing with the book of Revelation, the greatness and the majesty and the power and the might, the sovereignty of God, beloved, you cannot stretch that too far. You cannot believe that too much. We need to be people who have such a grand belief and understanding of the greatness and the majesty of God so that when we hit the walls, so that when our world does get changed, we're able to stand still and say, you know what? Well, with God, nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible. This is the truth of the word that you hold in your hands this morning. From beginning to end, we see that truth. Abraham and Sarah were old. Let's face it, by the time you're 99 years old, you're old, okay? My apologies to any of you who are pushing that line, but (laughs) truth is truth, okay? And yet Paul tells us in Romans chapter 4 about Abraham. Beginning in verse 20, he says, Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham, you're going to have a baby. You and Sarah. Wow. I'm 99. And Sarah's no spring chicken either. (laughs) But do you believe me, Abraham? He believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. But this isn't just about supernatural births. This is about the hand of God working and moving in ways that you and I, they're inconceivable. Somebody got it. Abraham was willing also to offer up that promised son as a sacrifice. He believed that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. That's how much Abraham believed God. Moses forsook Egypt. And the word tells us that he didn't fear the wrath of Pharaoh. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. I don't care about Pharaoh. Pharaoh can do to me whatever he desires to do. I'm pursuing after God in my life. That's a man who's walking in faith. Jesus told Peter there on the Sea of Galilee, you want to come walk out on the water, Peter, in the midst of this storm? You want to step out of the safety of that boat, get into these raging waters and the waves that are crashing? Peter, if you want to do that and you believe that you can do that through me, get out of the boat, Peter. 
And we know the story. Peter got out of the boat and he walked on water. Now we always, you know, give him the dish, the yeah, but he fell down a little bit later because he got his eyes off of God. I understand that, but you know what? For all of eternity, Peter can say, you know what? <laughs> you guys didn't walk on water. I did. I did. Why? Because he was willing to trust God. Let me ask you this morning, do you believe him enough in your life to walk into the unknown? To allow your life to be so turned and changed, perhaps shaken up, but trusting him that if I put my hands totally in his care, it might not be easy. It may be very uncomfortable for a long time, but I know he is God and I trust myself into his care. Are you willing to go forward without all the answers in your life? Can you and are you willing to trust God to do the impossible, not counting on your abilities, but trusting in his provision and his leading in your life? Because that's really what this is all about. And I want to add one more thing here also. I just shared with you the story of Abraham and of Moses and of Peter. Abraham, a great man of faith, there's no doubt about it. It was accounted unto him as righteous. He, he's a man listed in Hebrews chapter 11 among the roll call of the faithful. But you know what? This same guy blew it, didn't he? He blew it on several occasions. God, you're going to give me a baby? Okay, I'll take care of that. And he go and had relations with Hagar. God says, no, you're doing it on your own strength. I'm promising to do this miracle for you. Will you trust me with that? You see, don't get that way. We need to be careful. God is called, or God is moving, God is directing. Okay, then I must need to do this. Trust God. Because about the time that you and I get our hands involved in it, guess what? We have an Ishmael that follows us around the rest of our lives. Moses, another great man of God, the deliverer of the children of Israel, a guy who trusted God that he would defeat Pharaoh in the midst of it. But you remember even in Moses' life, Moses wasn't perfect. Moses had issues too. Moses was told to speak to the rock that second time, but he struck it instead. Because of that, he never got to go into the promised land. You know, God's desiring and he's willing to work and move in our lives as long as we are willing and faithful to believe him in our lives, to trust him in our lives, and to be obedient to him and not act out of our own fleshly drives. You see, Moses was angry, and in his anger, he struck the rock when he should have spoken to it. And because of that, he faced the consequences. I'll tell you right now, beloved, we will face the consequences. Does that mean that God didn't forgive Moses? No, God forgave Moses. Man, what a blessing that is. But because of Moses' actions, there were consequences to those actions. You look at Peter, he walked on water. We look at Peter. He's the guy that says, thou art Christ, the Son of God. Wow, that's great, Peter. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but only my Father in heaven. Great word, Peter. And it's not too long afterwards. It's Peter, the one that, when a little maid asked him, aren't you one of his disciples? Begins to swear and to curse and 
walks out saying, I don't even know the man. Can we fail in our lives? Yeah. I look around the room this morning, and though I don't know all of your stories, I know enough stories to know that many of us have failed in different areas along our journey. But God is faithful. He remains faithful. And even for Peter, didn't take God by surprise. Remember, Jesus told Peter, Peter, you're going to find this hard to believe, Peter. But you who's willing to go and die for me, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows in the morning. Not me, Lord, not me. You see, God knew that. He understood that. And he allowed Peter to go through that hard time in his life. But he also said, Peter, when you return, strengthen your brothers. Strengthen your brothers. And you see, there may be things that we've gone through maybe already in our lives. And you might be here today and you're wondering, well, how can God use me because I blew it so badly? I've trashed up things so badly in my life. Beloved, because God gave you a new day today, because God gave you breath this morning to get up and to move forward. And that means that God is still willing, he's still able, and he still desires to use, yes, even you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here this morning. If God was finished with us, he'd take us home. He'd take our breath away. Luke tells us in verse 38, after all of this, then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let it be to me according to your word. I don't have all the answers. I don't understand what this is going to involve. I don't understand how this is going to change my life. But let it be to me according to your word. In the movie, The Princess Bride, which three of you have seen, <laughs> there was a particular phrase that Wesley used continually with Buttercup. As you wish, as you wish. Well, after all of their journeys, after all their trials, after all the things that they went through in, in the story, at the end of it, the storyteller, the one, the narrator of the book, explains that through all of this, Buttercup finally gets it. She finally understood that when Wesley was saying, as you wish, what he really meant was, I love you. And isn't that, gang, the reality of our obedience and faithfulness to the Lord? When we're truly able to say, as you wish. Isn't that really the best way for us to be able to say, I love you, Lord, and I trust you, Lord? It's easy to say, I love you, Lord. It's easy to say, I trust you, Lord. But are we really willing to say, as you wish? Be it to me, according to your word, whatever direction that may lead me, whatever press that might put me in. I may not have all of the answers, Lord, but let it be to me according to your word, as you wish. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. 
Learning more about Jesus is the single most important thing we can do as Christians. As we carefully consider how Jesus lived, we see beautiful examples that can apply to our lives. Though the entire Bible is rich with symbols and images that point to Jesus, the Gospels are grand central station for who Jesus is. Join us each day as Pastor David teaches through the Gospel of Luke. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at our website. Simply log on to theopenword.com. That's theopenword.com. Although the open word is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. Here's Tracy with more information about our service times here at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. Maybe you're listening right now in Casa Grande and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. at 6.30 p.m. every Wednesday and Saturday. For more information, call us at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Or log on to theopenword.com and follow the link to the church website. Thanks, Tracy. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Please join us next time for the next edition of The Open Word.